Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the 505 Podcast. Just the three rocks today. Nice. Feels just three good. rocks. Feels really good. We're back. We're all oh, back. We're back. We sp- it feels like it's been a second. But then we're all going to yeah. be gone in like a week. Right, yeah. And then it's just going to get... Holidays, just, man. We, we got a lot of stuff to get you guys through. And just a quick shout out to everyone that's been sending us messages. Mm. Shout out Love to it. you guys because it's been awesome. It really, really helps us keep this momentum going. Yeah. Got to keep the momentum through the holidays, which is difficult. Yes. Tough. You know? Very difficult. Families gonna, and stuff. I'm going to be gone for 14 days in December. Going on a road trip. Going on the road trip. I'm going to a bunch of different places. Where are you going? Like every, all over the U.S. Every, he's dropping every, off yeah, the presents every, at the kids' house. Every, yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> if, if you're listening, watch, watch your mouth on this show. If you're listening with the kids in the back of the car, I apologize for Braden ruining everything. <laughs> Braden's gonna be gone um, during December 25th. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder why. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I never see him on Christmas, dude. Your beard's getting a little white there. What's going on, Don't bro? Don't tell He's anybody. He's starting to grow it out. Kosa's, you both are. Kosa's grew out his beard. It's been dude, great. So it, I, just in case you trip before Christmas, yeah. Kosa's can like, mm-hmm. sub yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. If you would have had that on the Netflix show, it would have just oh, skyrocketed. You guys. Sales and everything. If you haven't gone on Netflix and watched <laughs> Buying Beverly Hills, Minute <laughs> 22, Episode <laughs> 1, do yourself a favor. Is that pause. how fast it is? That's how fast you come in? Huh? I need to put it on. I need to watch yeah, it's it. It's pretty thing. quick. The yeah. fact that you haven't seen it. Yeah. I just have, I've seen it. I've seen it from people sending me videos of it. I I've never gotten more messages from people being like, I saw you on the show. And then like the Netflix like, effects real. Like oh, my, yeah. my friend Alex was sent me a screenshot of her aunt who I've never met being like, Hey, isn't this your friend Costas That's on crazy. Netflix? And I was like, wow. Costas yeah, was on so. a plane and the girl next to him was watching yes. the show and he didn't even say anything. I would have <laughs> oh, for sure oh. said something. I would have I I tapped him. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, that guy sucks. I was, been yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, me, yeah. it's me. I was so sick, and I was like, really, was like, my my nose is like leaking. I'm like, this chick wants nothing to do with me. And I just was she it was, cute? No, it's like this. You should have said. Woman. You should have said to her, "It's better in real life." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, was on Netflix. Decided to grow out the beard a little bit. Yeah, and that's what we're doing. That's why you know he's like, you know how like actors in between roles they like, <laughs> yeah. grow out the beard. That's like he's just waiting for his next reality Pulling show. Pulling Yeah, dude, it looks deal. good, man. Fuck yeah. You've been working. You've been yeah, doing been good stuff. You've been making I, um, all kind. You posted a really cool video. Thanks, the other guys. Day. We really liked yeah, it. Yeah, that's one I really wanted to be good, and I'm really happy that it turned out pretty good. That's Which one? The Genesis one. Yes, with the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Your director's cut was fire. Pretty, yes, very pretty cut. color. Did you know I love that fucking song. Come Remember on. we heard it at Odessa, and we're all like, "What the fuck is this song?" And you used our child on it. Yeah, we did. Which is pretty crazy that a child can shoot that stuff. Canon C7. There was at like the end. I was like, ah, like there's if you push the color so far. That's what the colorist was telling me. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's like, what'd you shoot this on? I was like, why? He's like (laughs) trying to push the color like a little bit, and it's like kind of falling apart. But I mean, how often do you really push it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Bang for your buck. The color looked great. Yeah. 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 Um, but on, let's see, what was it? Like fucking dude, like Friday. Mm-hmm. So this company I used to like edit for when I was interning in Minneapolis and then they like got bought by this Indian conglomerate. And then they, that Indian conglomerate got bought by like a bigger Indian conglomerate. And they were announcing this video and they hit me up like Friday evening. And they were like, Hey, we didn't need a video that we don't have any footage for. We have like a script that you have to like find footage and, and edit it. And that's going to play in Times Square on Monday. 
or I think Tuesday. It's going to play like tomorrow. No way. Yeah. Tomorrow. But I'm like, that's sick, but I wish I had more time. You know what I mean? Oh. I was like, so I would tonight's love... going to be a late one. No, I already finished it. Oh, you're done. Because I had to submit it on Sunday night. So I was like with my fans. So it kind of sucks. I was like kind of editing the whole time because I wanted it to be good. Because I'm like, if, if, if it's going to, it's yeah. not like the big one. It's NASDAQ. It's not like the giant, like six oh. thing, but it's still kind of cool. It's I mean, cool. it's not a small screen. Anything in Times Square. Yes. Is it's like a pretty, t- it's like one of the tall ones, but it's yeah. not like the multi screen. But then the crazy, this is the crazier part is like, then the other video we need you to make it's all motion graphics um but it's going to play on the burj khalifa which is the tallest building in the fucking world in dubai and oh, the no whole way. thing is a screen for some reason and so yeah i'm like super nervous about that one i sent them the file and i'm like if this fucks up i'm gonna be so upset <laughs> that's a big deal I'd, use, yeah. I'd like buy this weird codec and i'd export it. And i couldn't even see it after i exported it like in the weird codec Just but praying. apparently they can but it looks it, it's like a decent in the it's like mo- i wish i had more time dude are they gonna send you videos yeah, of like what like, it looks like i was like i'm not gonna i literally said in the beginning i'm not gonna do this unless you like send me a photo of what yeah it looks that's like. what i'm talking that's about i'm pretty pumped about it but that's i'm awesome. super nervous it's gonna fail nah yeah. dude you'll be mm. good i'm sure the Times square one's gonna work because it's just like a video the <laughs> other one i had to use like weird after effects plugins i had to download this other mm. stuff and it's like you can see it like what it'll look like on the building it's like warped and i ah, dude, it, i had to go so nerdy on it dude so you're just having your work posted all over the place i mean it's just that's it, kind of a big deal it's fun to not have it Every like 99% of the stuff I do ends up on social yeah, and that's cool, but it's fun to like have just one thing mm. not yeah. end up on social. I know what you're talking <laughs> you know about. I mean? Dude, do they have, what, go, go. It's just funny that it's still vertical. <laughs> dude, it's social ver- or not. It's, like, dude, it's vertical as fuck. fuck yeah, it's dude. like 1080 it's, by like 4,097. No, and, and, and it does like this kind of, so it was so, it was so hard to edit it, dude, in After Effects. Oh my God. It, that's why it all had to be motion graphics, you know? So it's like logos. Just and, like, walking this up and, this like, little tall building. Then. that's yeah. funny that's awesome but it's pretty funny they love like in the other video they just love the sam kohler transitions though <laughs> it hits so hard for them yeah. i don't think sam kohler's gotten to india yet so they just think i'm like the god over there it's i like, love that it's like what is that zoom thing you're doing <laughs> did you uh d- is it just visual or any sound there is sound for i think there are gonna post it on social at some point gotcha um so there is sound for that so we got like i found like a vo guy and found nice. like a song i've been Pond doing some five. good sound effects yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. It was sound design. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I hear someone else doing. Oh, some sound we've design. been doing lots of sound. <laughs> you been over here. on some sound. Uh, I've or been what? in in the Dude. locked in the dungeon <laughs> working on. You've been doing it like night and everything. Oh yeah. Nights, weekends, oh, yeah. holidays. Yeah. Every day we're we're working on sound. Braden calls me and Chloe and Jack in the room, and he's like, and Sharif, who he's doing with it, who he's doing it with, and he goes, okay, just need you guys to like cheer, and we're like all in Braden's room, just like. <gasps> Oh, yeah, funny, just dude. clapping and shit. Because well, you need that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's insane. So to make a sound effect pack is probably one of the hardest things. And it's also not, you don't just get your camera and you go outside right. and you do, it is a whole Planning. process. How you did to, you, how'd you come up with this idea? This idea. Okay. So I was, I was making my videos for the practice or the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're filming the practice for the Lakers, lots of times they're 99.98% of the time they're playing music. So this becomes a huge problem because then I go to make the video and it's silent, just the uh, song. And I'm like, dude, there needs to be squeaks here. Yeah. And every sound effect that I've, every sound effect pack that I've found, this is, I'm assuming it's the problem with you guys. I paid so much money for sound effect. Packs. Oh yeah. I've bought in thousands of dollars uh-huh. of sound effect packs. Usually there's only like five that I like. 
like of the, like, of, oh. the of the whole sound effect, yeah, but there's, there's like, like 400 sounds and there's five good ones and i'm like how do you guys how are we all messing totally, this up totally so, i think that's with any asset there's always like two good ones. two yeah, good ones yeah. you know so i was like what if there was a hundred good ones yeah nice, and that you could actually nice, use nice. so we've been working on this for months and hopefully by christmas if we're really lucky mm. oh, we'll christmas have, sale dude? christmas sale get come them to on your, give them for your nephew for your dude? nephew for your cousin that's sick dude Braden's just like the ultimate entrepreneur yeah it'll be be fun I'm, I'm really excited and then dude speaking of entrepreneur we got something for you guys today that is going to make you bread because we want you guys to get paid yeah. we want the people to get paid right. and we want the whole creative community to understand what it takes to you know right. create something where you're making consistent money because you um you you were thinking about getting paid when you were in wisconsin the first time when you were at college and then you just got to go back and you oh, just got paid look at that <laughs> yeah, like dude that? full circle <laughs> Yeah, was, I went back to Wisco. Uh, I went to school in Wisconsin. Whoop, whoop. Shout and, out. Um, thanks. Oh, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Go just, Ducks. Just such a great school. Go Wisconsin. Ducks. First and Wasn't 10. Wasn't the top 15? Are we, are we bad at pissed. football this year? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of weird being back. I, I, I was flying in and you can see the capital from like mm-hmm. the, at a window. Your video is great. Some good and I dome. was like, man, this feels like weird being back. What did you say? Getting some good dome. That's what I was saying. Capital. Yeah, the capital. I remember going to school. In graduating being like I really have no fucking idea what I want to do right or like really how to like make money as a creative I knew I wanted to use a camera but had I had this podcast right oh, right when I graduated mm. I would have learned how to make six figures as a creative yes this, I think that's this the, episode specifically yeah. Hell yeah. I think that's the that's the whole goal of creators absolutely you know? so let's get into it well first I want to preface the reason we got inspired to make this was because I recently watched a webinar by this guy named Paul Weaver mm. and um, he had a whole webinar on like how to make six figures as a creative and I was like this is some really good information the podcast listeners would really uh, get some value out of it hell yeah there we go shout out Paul and a lot of it a lot of it we've talked about and right. you yes. know but we're, we're really just grabbing <coughs> all of it taking all these different things that we've learned and kind of yeah. it's kind of like a step wow. by wow dude is that yeah. like yeah, I know, I know. That's going in the pack. That's going in the pack. That'll be <laughs> that on really the Biggie sound pack. I've been, I've been no, practicing. That was like perfect. Them practicing yeah. in the dungeon, but yeah, um, but you, like you said, I'm pretty sure there's something in there that I even like fucking came up with that he stole from me. But it's all yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also think that like you hear, you hear like six figures making like over a hundred thousand dollars a year as a creative. Like you think of that as like. Oh, that might feel impossible or unattainable, right. but like it really is feasible and attainable. And this is kind of like a step-by-step guide as like, this is how you should be running your business and, mm. and give you guys ideas on like how to reach out to clients and just how to run your business the in the best way possible to make six figures. Absolutely. And like, this is how you make six figures as a creator. This is very replicatable. Yes. You know, you can use this and you could have, you know, your X amount of clients mm-hmm. that are making you said bag. And mm-hmm. if you want to make more than that, you need to be able to hire people, bring on more clients and yes. just continue Scaling on the process up. out. Exactly. And it's six figures is referring to US dollars. US dollars. A yes. hundred thousand yeah. of them. Yeah. Not Colombian pesos. <laughs> that's like $10. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, we got positioning. Now, this is how we're going to make ourselves look to potential clients that mm. want to work with us. Right. We've talked about this in the past, too. We gave the example of like a wedding person. Right. And a wedding person stuff should look vastly different from a guy like me who's sports content. I make ads. They're fast and loud. They're in your face. They're intense. I shouldn't go on to right. a wedding videographer's page and be like, there's all these colors and shit. Like right. what's going on? Yeah. It should be maybe like lighter and brighter and maybe like a different font mm-hmm. than like Helvetica bold in mm-hmm. your 
face. <laughs> just something to think about. Yeah, it's ba- positioning is like how you position yourself to be able to work with the clients that you want to work with. Totally. Um, and you might be, you know, if you're not, if your positioning isn't strong, you're not going to be able to like attract the clients that you want to work with. And so, you know, if your positioning isn't strong, this might be a couple of the reasons why either one, you're like lacking confidence as a Mm. photographer, videographer, maybe you're first starting out and like just getting into it. So maybe there's clients that you want to work with, but you're like, "Ah, I'm not at the level yet of being able to work with said client. The current clients that you are working with, let's say you have a couple like freelance retainer clients, they're paying the bills, but they're not the clients that you guys want to work with quite yet. You're like, this is what I'm doing now, but like, this is not what I see myself doing in the long run or I want to be doing mm. in the long run. And then the last reason might be you think that a brand is too big to be able to work with. And I'll give you a perfect example. Before Braden and I were living together, um, I did a brand deal with Converse. And when I got the email, it was a, it was an inbound lead for an Instagram brand deal. But I was like, holy shit, like I can't believe a brand of the size of Converse like wants to work with me, but you'd be surprised that like a lot of these big brands, they might seem like they're too big to work with, but oftentimes they will hire like freelance photographers, videographers, content creators, and you actually are able to work with them, but your positioning has to be strong enough to be able to work with them in the first place. Totally. And like going off that, like they're like these, these brands seem huge and like mystical, like you can never approach them, but like their social media manager, it's just like another 26 or 23 year old like Mm -hmm. us, just like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Eating Wendy's and posting on Instagram. Like (laughs) they're all just like us. And those are the people that you're communicating with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not communicating with some random, whatever name of that brand. It's like a person just like you, just a random person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Going off of like positioning, Um, It's also like what makes you unique as a content creator. So this is why you want to think about like what your positioning is because it's what separates yourself and what makes you unique. So some of the things that fall under positioning are technical skill, Mm -hmm. your style and aesthetic, your niche as a photographer or videographer, your experience or your background, your relationship to a market's consumer and your personality. Brayden and I were having a conversation the other day in the kitchen and I was like, Brayden, I think one of the best, one of the best pieces of advice that you can give to like an up and coming creator is just to go experience life mm-hmm. because you can bring that into like your work. I remember when I, in my senior year, I took a business of acting class. And one of the um, things that we had to do was like reach out to a working successful actor and get a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend, Ray, whose dad was like, you know, had been successful in acting. He wasn't anyone like crazy famous, but he was like working. And he goes, the best piece of advice I can give you if you want to get into acting is to like just go experience life because then you have stuff to pull from. And I think that's such a great piece of advice for any creative in any field is like the more you experience life, the more you can bring that into your work. Mm -hmm. Because you can connect with like art if you have experienced like that. It's like, oh, I've experienced that emotion, whatever. And then you can portray that as well when you're like shooting or like, oh, this makes me feel like this when I shoot it like that. Exactly. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you got to be confident too in the stuff that you're telling them that you do. You don't want to get on the phone and be like, I'm a video, uh, I'm a video person. I'm like, I am a video producer. I make stuff that is like X, Y, and Z. And I could help you do X, Y, and Z. And I I think another thing, like when you get on the phone with any client, right, they have a problem. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, when they get on the phone with clients, they're trying to sell them stuff right off the bat. And it it shouldn't be like that. I think the most success I've ever had on phone calls is like, 
you're you're just talking normal about whatever you're shooting the shit right and then it's like okay I, I i'm trying to help you solve said problem and a lot of the times i think people will be surprised that clients will tell you what the problem is they will yeah, literally right. tell you what they want you to do for them and stupid people don't listen <laughs> right okay exactly. but you got to listen and be like oh okay so you would like a video that does x y and z yeah. and they're like oh my god, oh my god no yeah. way like he how figured do, it out he, he figured <laughs> this out and they will literally tell you so right. you just have to open your ears put on your listening ears and just try and connect with the person don't go full blower yeah. t- they've already know for the most part what you do if right. they if they click your reel and it's like under a minute and a half like a, a normal reel or whatever or you have a photo mm-hmm. portfolio it's like they know what you do yeah right they, they are aware of they're like i'm coming to said person for the problem and you got to get them out get it out of the problem i think if you change your perspective on a phone call with a said client potential client mm. And switch it from trying to sell yourself mm. to trying to serve the client. Mm. I think that's the best way to go about it because you're like, how can I best serve you with the skills that I have as a photographer, videographer, as opposed to being like, let me tell you why you should work with me. Right. And I do think, yeah, I think the positioning and having a formula for the positioning is important. So we'll go through a, an example of how to kind of get there, an equation. So you say like, I'm a blank photographer, videographer. So like for me, it'd be like car videographer focused on providing, you know, strategic content or like whatever you need that solves your problem that enhances the customer journey for your brand, right? And then you're pitching yourself, you're positioning yourself as a problem solver. Not as just like a guy that makes videos that pushes buttons. You're like, oh, this is someone that's going to solve my problem. And you can just use that equation to really get there. Yeah. And you should have this locked in as like an elevator pitch when someone comes to you and says, what are you? I think a lot of times we can be like, I'm a photographer or I'm a videographer, but if you can have, you know, a a clear and concise one sentence Mm -hmm. elevator pitch of like what you are in a little bit more detail than just saying, oh, I'm a photographer. Right. I think that is a way to have your positioning much stronger. So we got our positioning down. We know what clients that we want to attract. And Mm. now we have our portfolio, which is kind of your bread and butter. It's your, I got all your work and you're always working on this, right? You go do a shoot with your boys. Maybe you get one good shot that you can throw into your reel one day or something along those lines. It's just like how you're going to leverage the work that you've done to get more work and better work. Mm -hmm. So it's like, as long as your portfolio keeps getting better, you'll keep getting better and better work and probably make more money and eventually get to the six figures. Totally. I would say some of the key mistakes that people make when Mm. they're like forming their portfolio is your website is outdated. So maybe you've done like a ton of new shoots, but like you haven't put them on either like added them into your reel or Mm. added the photos onto your website. And Mm. so like an outdated portfolio is like obviously not going to represent you best as a photographer or filmmaker. Um, Your portfolio is like hard to navigate. Maybe you have like, it's a little bit confusing on your website or you have like too much stuff going on. Sure. Make it easy. Make it super easy for them to find. Like I, on mine, for example, you pop onto the page, you're hit with what I'm about and the real. It's like right away. Watch the damn thing. Check it out. This is what we do. And if you don't like it, okay, bye. Right. You want people to know like what you're about as soon as they come to your website. People have the attention span of a squirrel. Like Mm -hmm. make it very, and also the people that you're sending these to are going to be very important, busy people. Like assume that. Right. They don't want to be like, like, where's his work? Where's his work? Just like, Bam, hit them with it. And then I would say like the last mistake and probably like the biggest mistake is there's like a disconnect between the content that you have in your portfolio and the kind of work that you want to be doing. So like if you have a bunch of real estate content in your portfolio, but you want to be shooting cars, like Mm -hmm. there's a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. How would you guys say you get to a point where like your portfolio reflects what kind of content you shoot and what you want to be doing? 
I mean, it's it's hard because if you're not getting paid to do the stuff that you want yeah. to be doing, you kind of have to find time to do, you know, like a spec shoot where you go out with your buddies and shoot exactly what you want to be doing. Yeah. Or like I kind of touched on this, but like say the client actually does pay you to do something that you want to be doing, but their direction is like not how you would have liked to do it. The song's mm-hmm. fucked up. The writing's fucked up. You can make like a director's cut and then post that. Like I just did that. And I put the director's cut on my website not yeah. the actual spot just because i don't feel like it re- actually reflects my style or taste or etc but the director's cut does which yeah. is helpful um i just think it gets it, you there i think it really comes down to niching down totally. and when you're first starting out we've talked about this is like try a bunch of different things shoot a bunch of different stuff because then you figure out what you are right. good at what you like shooting but like once you figure out what you want to niche down on maybe it's like just one specific thing or maybe it's like w- two things at the most Mm -hmm. like the riches are in the niches so like if you get really good at one niche shooting one kind of niche your content's going to be better your portfolio is going to be more solid and you're going to be able to land bigger clients because people will go like a lot of times the brand is looking for something specific they're like we need more shots i'll just use myself as an example again like of cars right we need more shots of cars we're a car brand Mm -hmm. they're not just gonna like go find like a guy that does everything they're gonna try to find the guy that does car stuff right so if you want if you can get position yourself with your and again have your portfolio that shows that you are the guy that can solve their car photo problem then they're going to hire you you also never know how someone's going to come across your work someone might come to either like your instagram Mm -hmm. or your website and see a specific shoot that you did and Mm -hmm. be like i really love the aesthetic of that work Mm -hmm. i want to do i want to have our shoot look exactly like that or have it be um inspired Mm -hmm. yeah it's all got to be cohesive though because if you know if they pop on your we literally had this happen the other day. Somebody that we were going to like hire for something sent us their Instagram. And I was like, dude, where's the stuff? Like, how am I supposed to send this yeah. Instagram to somebody that you shoot concerts? You don't have anything on your, you have a, a selfie of oh, you. Yeah. A selfie of you. Like, what is going on, dude? Like, we have to send this to somebody. So you want it to all, you, it's insane. I couldn't believe it. it you want it to all Wait, so be. It? This guy reached out to me. Uh-huh. Uh, my buddy Sam, he shoots mm. for Machine Gun Kelly. Uh-huh. And he's like, yo, we have a like huge uh, like party on a yacht. It's in Miami. Like, are you available to me? Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm not available. I'm also not going out to Miami just for a day to shoot that. But oh, I know the yeah. guy who shoots at like Live oh, and, right. and Story, like the biggest nightclubs. Right. So I hit him up <laughs> and I was like, yo, man, like, can you send me your work or your website? And he like didn't have a website. And his Instagram, I went to his Instagram. It was like one literally photo. just a selfie. It was one photo. It was a selfie. And I was like, how, how I was like, I can't send this work. Yeah. I don't know. And didn't so, have a portfolio or anything. No portfolio. And so then he doesn't like, get party. Web- just word of mouth, baby. And then he was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, I can send you like some photos. Like I can text you. And I was like, that works. So then I was like, no, nah, this guy's busy. Like he can't. Yeah, dude, and that sucks because if this guy had positioned himself and made a portfolio, he could have partied on a yacht and got paid to do it. Yeah. So that's your award, dude. Uh, no, fucking right there. You want to make it an experience for them. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about this a ton in other pods, but like from the first phone call that they have with you, like you want this whole thing to be, think about when you have a great Uber driver. Right. Guy doesn't talk to you. Oh, it's you great. get in the ride. He even has mints. He's got some you feel, gum. You just feel safe. No, he's not know? driving like super fast. But he's driving a little fast. He's yeah. trying to get you there, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, and then yeah. you get out and he just get, he's like, peace. So like uh-huh. five stars, dude, yeah. every single time. That's yeah. what you want to give to your client yeah. that is doing, you're doing anything, photo, video, design, whatever. Show them an experience. Have a good phone call. You got a follow-up email. Mm-hmm. You show them what you're capable of doing. Show them all those good things that you do and you walk them through a process. They're going to pay you for the process. That's what clients pay for. Right. And the whole another, thing. Another way that you can show your process is through BTS content. Mm-hmm. And so like not only just having your 
portfolio on point. But if you go as far as like, let's say you do a shoot, you can hire a assistant or have a friend or whatever it may be, even just like setting up a tripod with phone content. But getting like photos and videos of you on set, you can post them on social media, either on like stories or use it as like, like the, the shot before the yeah, shot. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And just like having photos of you on set, it sh- it gives a inside look as like what it's like to work with you. And it shows like the whole process to the client of like, okay, this guy looks like fun to work with right. on set. And then I see like the BTS content, but then I can also see what the actual yeah. shoot turned out. Mm-hmm. And like the whole experience is just elevated. And that's so important because I mean, for me at least, I like rely on just like being nice to work with. So like people that only hire me once, they're like, you know what? That guy was like fun, You're nice to work with. I mean, he's a good dude. So let's hire him again, right? Mm-hmm. But you only get to hire again with that. You don't mm-hmm. get the first, they don't yes. know mm-hmm. right away totally. that you're a good dude and fun unless you have BTS of you being a good, cool dude on mm-hmm. set. That's yeah. actually a really good idea. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah. Come so on. You, you got positioning. We got the portfolio. Chase needs just some more, fo- you know, we want to do a full photo do shoot. We want to do a photo like smiling with <laughs> yeah. your camera or like your own we'll like, you It would be speech bubbles like, yeah, I don't mind doing another revision. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, 6 p.m., whatever. I'm, I'm still on the clock. 8 p.m., put me in. <laughs> yeah. And that's what separates you. That's your strong position. There like, it is. I work at all hours. <laughs> that's so funny. You, you got positioning. Yep, we got, got portfolio. Mm-hmm. Then we got... Oh, wait. oh what? I, um, I do want to... Um, I found out about this website called Behance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's a really dope website. I had never heard of it, but it's a place you can go and you can see people's portfolios, see like how they did a shoot. Mm. And you can get inspired and they have like all sorts of different photos or videos on there. Mm. So like if you're trying to get inspired for to do different shoots or like see how other uh, creatives have their portfolios, you can go on Behance.com. Also, a lot of photographers Info. and DPs have their websites and their YouTube channels a lot of oh, the time. Oh, so go check, go check those out. So yeah. you got your position. Yep. You got P, your portfolio. Second P. The last one. Third P. Pitching. Mm. So we're going to pitch these people. But you don't want to, again, we don't want to think about the pitch as this huge like mountain that I'm going to have to sell this person. Right. Just a convo. Mm. You're just having a convo because we need to extract their problems. We need to find out what their problems are. We need to figure out if we can solve them. Yeah. And if you can't solve them, that's okay. That's going to happen. Not every phone call that you get on, you're going to be able to sell them your services. I think a big misconception that I had, especially when I was starting out, I would get someone on the phone. They'd be like, oh, we need motion graphics. We need this. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And right. at the beginning, when I didn't have anyone that I knew that did motion graphics, I'm taking on these freaking clients and yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm trying to go on Fiverr yeah, and find yeah. some guy if he can help me do motion graphics. Mm-hmm. And it's this whole shit show. So like, don't be afraid to say, I don't actually do that. That's awesome. But I do have another right. friend that does that. And you call up your buddy and now you got a buddy a job and next time he or she gets a job, he's going to throw it your way. Right. Also, I oftentimes feel like when you're trying to pitch a client, either you're trying to convince them why you're the right client for them as opposed to being like, let me see if you're the right client mm-hmm. that I want to work with. Right. You're like dating them. Dude. Yeah. yeah, totally. You, you never know. I'm telling you guys, until until you've had a client hit you up for version 97 mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. at night and mm-hmm. it's a Sunday <laughs> and you're going to be like, damn, I never want to work with this. And that becomes an ex-client. Right. And you don't ever want to yeah, work right. with those people. <laughs> like, don't get back together. Don't get back together client. with that ex-client huh. because it happens. dude. It really does happen more than you'd expect. And you'll do stuff for like, oh, this is going to be 500 bucks. And they yeah. abuse you for right. 500 bucks right we've been there we've been there there. (laughs) and you get to the point you're like i think i lost you're like i I for sure lost money on this job the last thing i want to say about this kind of going about Mm. how you were saying you don't want to like go over like this you know it's not a big mountain right Mm -hmm. this is a small thing but like 
I actually think it's important. I get real, I hate talking on the phone, dude. I get fucking anxious. And a lot of this shit is done literally over the phone. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit over Zoom, but I get real anxious over the phone. Find things that literally make you feel more comfortable when you're talking on the phone. Cause like, mm-hmm. like go on a walk and maybe you're just like doing something that feels a little more natural and then you're going to come across more. Con- I literally get like anxious as fuck. Before. I don't like talking on the phone. I hate it, but you got to do it. You got it. So true. So you go on a walk or maybe you like put your feet up, get in a comfy position, like literally put just some sweats. do mm-hmm. something to make you feel like you got a little something on them and then you have a little more confidence. If you're anxious like me on the phone, you'll understand. I don't know if you guys are like this. Whenever I'm on a call, like with a client or whatever, no I do 17 million oh, laps from my room to the kitchen, to the living pace, room and dude. back. Just pace like a motherfucker. Go in, go in my like closet, uh-huh. through the bathroom, uh-huh. Uh-huh. just through the whole house yeah. 17 million times. You got it. Dude, pacing really helps. I feel like yeah. walking really makes you feel more comfortable, but that is important. It's going to make you pitch better because you're going to be less anxious about yeah. it. And I think too, uh, a lot of people don't have this. A capabilities deck is what every big, yeah. a, a big agency uses. Okay. So go and literally make a little, it doesn't have to be big, like 10 slides max and just have it say, hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. These are a few things we're really good at. This is what we don't do. So then they don't have them be like, oh, do you guys, are you guys the color house? Like, right. no, that's not our thing. We cut the damn video and we execute the video. Right. We're going to send this to a color right. house or we whatever. We don't color. Exactly. And going off of that, I think that's really important. You have to know like, how you're going to pitch yourself. So either mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm an individual and yeah. you're working with me or it's like you're positioning yourself as like a production company mm-hmm. and like you get a full team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also a few mistakes that people make when pitching, I would say is like you're reaching out in the wrong ways. One, two, you're throwing out your pricing like before you even get on a call. So like either in like an initial outreach email or like it's the first thing you say on the call, I think is like not a great thing to do Mm, mm. and then not dedicating time on research when um you're on a call with a new client and pitching because you want to know you want to try to figure out as much as you can about said client Mm -hmm. before you get on a call with them yeah one of the rocks in the in the coaching i didn't even have to answer this question because the rocks are trained very well in the in the coaching program so someone commented was like yo i just got i want to get on the phone with somebody and they told me that they didn't have their budget and so he's like i don't know what to do you know and so i think the best thing you can do in that situation is you bracket you bracket those prices Mm -hmm. so you'd be like yeah we could get this done for 500 bucks. We could get this done for 2000 bucks. We get this done for 8,000 bucks. Right. And, and they're like, Oh, 8,000 is crazy. It's like, okay, well, no, we don't have to do it for that much. Right. So like, then what, you know. what do you want to do? You know, we, you need to give me a price. that's going to make sense. So I can tell you how we're going to build out something around this. Cause a $500 video is very different from a $5,000 right. as far as hours we're going to put into this, right. what you should expect. Like you want motion graphics, dude, right. you're not getting it for who 500. Gonna, who are you going to hire? Who am I going to hire? Who has to come in to help me? Can I just do this by myself? Is right. it just a one man band Camera situation? You're gonna rent potentially. Exactly. And we're going to get into this, but you got to understand that every potential client is different Mm. and like, no, you're not going to charge the same amount of money for two different clients because you, you want to use value-based pricing as opposed to like charging hourly because working with a brand as big as a one sauce Mm, is different than like a mom and pop creating a sauce and they're just like trying to trying to get it off the ground you're not going to charge them a ton for that yeah exactly frog jam dude we just did a whole thing hyundai this guy started this thing called frog jam we're giving him a free hyundai dude best guy in the world i love that guy he's in (laughs) georgia yeah that's what's in georgia frog jam dude buy that shit (laughs) um i also think the goal of pitching to a new client is to provide a solution to a problem Mm mm-hmm Whenever a client comes to you, they're 
they have a problem that they need to solve. That's why they're coming to you. And the whole the whole goal of getting on a call and like talking to a client is to figure out what that problem is that they need to solve. And the way you figure that out is just by asking the questions. And you have totally. to ask them the right questions. Definitely. What, what's, give me one question. Can you throw me one good question that you'd ask on a call to a client? Again, it's like dating, man. You got to ask a lot of questions when you date. Don't be the guy in LA that just talks about himself the whole time. There it you is. Know? Yeah. Yeah, you see that. But I you just ask think, good questions. Yeah, just like, where is this going to live? Mm. What does like a successful shoot look like for you? What do you hope to get out of this mm. shoot? A question I ask that I think makes them feel like I really care about what it's doing. I say, where is this going to post? Like, where is this going to live? Mm-hmm. And then when they say like, oh, Instagram, I'm like, okay, great. So we'll do. And then you can really show your expertise and you can say, okay, great. So we'll shoot it vertically. We'll have this kind of feeling to it. It'll feel like this. And they're like, oh, this fucking guy cares about where this is going to live. He's not just making any video. He like knows how we want to see it all the way through. And I think that's really important because, and you would, you would edit a video differently that it's going to end up on Instagram than it would on YouTube or a website or anything like that. Yeah, maybe ask like, is this going to, is this going to potential, is there a cut of this that's going to be on the website? And if they say yes, then you Mm. remember that so you don't shoot it vertically. And then later on, they're like, we want this on the site. You're like, well, that's crazy because it's not going to be able to go on there. (laughs) Or figuring out, is this video or set of photos, is the end goal to generate direct sales Mm. or is this just to build like brand awareness? Yeah. Right. Are, that's a huge that question. That is a huge question. You're going to you're going to write a video that's say 30 seconds long completely different than oh, you're going to yeah. write a video that's just for brand awareness. I could be like, "Oh, okay, so we could we could just tell a fun story in 30 right. seconds or if it it's just like we need to sell shit." It's like, "Okay, we need to figure out a way that someone's going to physically click this yeah. swipe up mm-hmm. without scrolling by it, mm-hmm. feel compelled to buy it, put it in their cart, and that's another 2-minute process and then check physically check out." Dude, you know, literally. or, or if it's like, I just want to, I want them to see the video. I want to hit them with a retargeting ad. Be like, yeah. those are completely right. different pieces of content you're making. You're like, are we going to make them a 30 and then a 10 and a five? If they watch the second right. one for four seconds, they can track all that stuff. So, right. Cause sometimes a brand just wants to seem cool. Literally. Yeah, They're yeah, just like, look, yeah. just show us being cool. The product yeah. is cool, whatever. And then sometimes it's like this new car has 2.2 point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like very specific and you need to know you're going to shoot it differently. Who's the target audience of this think, yeah uh, think about that right so you got you got you were just saying cars that made yeah. me hit right so like say i'm not a car guy i don't care the horsepower i don't care about this right. but ooh, leather seats and yeah. like seat oh, yeah. warmers and new People stereo think you're cool if Th- you get they think you're cool yeah, yeah you look really sexy in this car i'm like oh okay that's completely different than the guy that's car guy what the ad should look like yeah you know now also when you get reached out to by a potential by a potential client there's there's two different kinds of leads. One that like hits your inbox and then there's a way that you're outreaching and mm-hmm. trying to get a new client by um, by pitching your work. And we're going to get into like details of like how to best do that. But let's say you get a incoming lead. You're going to want to start by getting them on a call. And you also want to tell them how you work as a photographer. What is it like to work with you? Like what is your process like? And I also think you should let a potential new client know that your goal at the end of working on this said one-off project is to work with them consistently. Like that is your end goal. Right. And having retainer work as a creative is so key for a couple different reasons. One, it allows you to have consistent bread, which is like so hard as a freelancer. But two, if you have that consistent bread that you know you can rely on, let's say you have like six months or $6,000 of like retainer 
clients mm-hmm. coming in on a monthly basis or 5,000, whatever it may be, you're like, okay, I have enough to cover my expenses. Now, if like another incoming lead comes in, you can really be selective of who you work with and it allows you then to take on like less work as right. a creative and um, kind of like make more money because if you're more selective with who you work with and you don't have to take on something where you're like, I need this money, I need to take on this work, you're allowed to then charge more for mm-hmm. like work that you maybe don't need to do, but like want to do. Whether it's like a retainer or even a one-off, it's really important to kind of nurture the relationship after the shoot, but also like, or not even the shoot, but like the job or during it as well. So like you almost want to seem like you're not just like this guy they hired that like they've never met before and it's weird, but like rather, especially with Zoom, like everyone's just on Zoom anyways, like you're just a part of their team now. Like fucking literally learn their names and be like, oh, that's a great point, Miguel. Like you're always Mm -hmm. saying like that smart shit and you know what I mean? And like really try to act like you're a part of the team and not just like a little hired hand that like just comes and goes. Yeah. And then when you do that, especially if you do that on a one-off that wasn't going to be a retainer, a lot of the time then you can get a lot more work doing that and you can actually eventually get the retainer. Yeah, and I think you've done a good job with that. Like on the stuff that you post on social, like Mm. last year we did something really cool with Converse and you've done an awesome job at showcasing that fun process with that you work with these brands. You post it on your story, like the behind the scenes and it's like you turn them into a longer term client. Thanks, dude. I definitely think moving into 2023, I probably will be, I want to pivot a little bit. Mm -hmm. I would love to just like work with more brands and almost like change my personal brand a little bit. A lot of what I do right now is the concept stuff, which I really do enjoy and I still want to do, but like, I'd love to get a lot more into like the travel space, Mm -hmm. like going to Bali really inspired me being like, yeah, it's the best. I mean, I travel damn near every weekend, but traveling for Mm -hmm. pleasure or like create is is way different than like for work. Right. But if I was to, let's say in 2023, pitch to a brand and be like, Hey, I want to get more into, um, travel photo video Mm -hmm. like what i would do is i would think about what brands fall under the category of travel so let's say a suitcase company Mm -hmm. or like i use douchebags as my like uh my backpack for my camera Mm -hmm. bag i could hit them up and say or because i already have the bag either go out of your way to like buy the bag right Mm -hmm. or if you already have it okay i can use it and i can make a piece for them Mm -hmm. i'd take a trip doesn't have to be far. I don't even have to leave the state. I can, we can go to Joshua Tree or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Great place. So two hour drive, you get an Airbnb, you get a buddy to help you shoot content. Then I'm going to create like 20 to 30 pieces of content or 20 to 30 photos for them of like wide angle, mm-hmm. medium, tight, detail shots of the stuff. Maybe make some Instagram reels. I could make a 30 second edit. I create a bunch of content around them. I send it to them and say, hey, I love your I love mm-hmm. your bags. I want to work with you on a consistent basis. Here's some content. And then you pitch it to them where like you've already created right. the content that they can one use and repurpose for their own social media. But two, they see what you're able to create. And if they like that, 
then you're like, okay, I love this. Let's work on a more consistent basis. Right. It's like show, not tell. You know, it's exactly. like, look, I've proven that I'm good at this mm-hmm. and I'll be awesome at this for you because you can literally see the literal bag that you have <laughs> that I already took photos of instead yeah. of just saying like, I bet I can make a sick thing Yeah, for you, it's you no know? pressure. It's no risk for them. Right, They're exactly. like, okay, we already see it. We get it. We right. get what you're capable like, of doing. Why wouldn't you? I also think that a lot of brands, they want to know how much they're spending on a monthly or yearly basis. Mm-hmm. So like if they, if they have you on retainer they know how much they're going to be spending on a monthly or yearly basis and like that is business shit that companies need to know is like how much am i spending this month or this year on marketing and if they have a content creator that they hire be like okay we're getting like our said marketing pieces of content from Braden or chase Mm -hmm. and we're giving them four thousand dollars a month like we know our marketing budget for content creation is handled and we know how much we're spending Mm -hmm. so that's why like pitching for retainers is like brands love that and are more willing to like put and, you we, on and we love that we exactly. consistent bread is yeah. the name of the game because yeah. i mean stress. you can also too if when you have consistent bread you can charge more mm-hmm. right because your needs are met you're like right. oh, my rent's covered my car payment's covered yeah. my health right. whatever right? right so it's like okay if you have another client come to you your rate from two thousand bucks a day can raise to four right because they if, say no exactly if they say no it doesn't matter and if right. they say yes it's like Great, this yeah. is my new price now, right. okay? And more bread. <laughs> more bread. Now and you're eating at Air One. Exactly, <laughs> we can eat at Air One four times a week. And when you have those retainers, right, mm-hmm. you're locked in with them. You can become more selective. You don't have to take the random brand that hits your DM box and you're like, oh my God, I need 500 bucks this month. I have to do this shitty edit for uh, Ryan's third birthday. Like, right. I, got, I gotta do it. A, a guy literally hit me up the other day for a fucking kindergartner video. <laughs> and I was like, are you, do you see my bio dog? Not to be that guy. Right. For a dude, kindergarten dude, video? I can, I mean, I, I yeah. Cause I, thought, I thought it was a sick joke. I right. literally <laughs> said, this is a sick joke. And he goes, what question mark? And I was like, block dog. You yeah, don't even get to see my stuff anymore. Like that what you're saying insane. though, legit, it's important to know what your clients are. And like, if you're going to get a retainer with them, God. it's important to know that, like, that they're good. And we, you, we have a process of vetting them that we'll walk you through. Yeah. But like, I have a quick fucking horror story. I fucking called you during it. Oh yeah. I fucking... It's just a quick hour long shoot, right? They're like, you'll just come here, you'll shoot this little event, and you'll go home. And I'm like, that sounds great. They too kept good talking, to be true. They kept talking, too good to be true, exactly. They kept talking to me about like microphones. I'm like, yeah, I have microphones to record. And I kept saying to record because they were, because I, like, I know it's an event and I know you keep asking me about microphones, it's making me real nervous. I show up <laughs> and they're like, where's the PA equipment? And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, you just have like a backpack. Like, where's like the speakers, the microphones, like all that stuff for like the event. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I am the video guy. I don't do the PA system. But they're like, yeah, you need to go to Hollywood. And I went to this. I fucking, I was like, whatever. I'm already fucking here. So I drive like 15 minutes more east, which I don't like going east. Yeah. And <laughs> totally so I go, west. I go, to like this, west. go into this closet, basically. And uh-huh. this old guy, grumpy, like hands me the equipment. He's like, hey, I heard you're picking this up. And I'm like, can you tell me how to use it? And he's like, basically told me like, fuck off. Cause he's like, you should know how to use your own equipment. I'm like, yeah, but I don't fucking do this dude. So then I go back there and it's like an hour before this guy the was event. with the event. No, it's just like a random sound audio rental place. Oh, so you rented, you went and yeah, rented they, stuff. The company had rented it and they thought I was going to pick it up and like use it. And I'm like, you think that'd be good information yeah, to tell the guy? Exactly. So then I have an hour before the shoot. 
Um, and be, remember, I'm the video. I came there to shoot videos. Yeah. I'm just like plugging it. Luckily, it was like XLRs and shit. Uh-huh. And I'm like, if we didn't have this podcast, I'd been fucked, dude. Oh so I'm just like God. plugging XLRs into speakers, into this big ass mixing board that like oh they God. fucking like you you thought it was Josh Wazan with this fucking mixing board, dude. <laughs> and fucking, it's not loud luxury. I plugged in everything. They had wireless microphones, and I eventually like <laughs> testing it, figuring out. I finally got 15 minutes before the actual like event was supposed to happen. Dude. I finally fucking figured it out. Was the audio great? No. <laughs> it was a lot of like, That's like awesome. the whole time. But think about these clients. And like, yeah. I'm not going to fucking work for them no. again. Dude. No, Absolutely. never and again. And it's really important to think about if you're going to get on a retainer, what kind of clients you want to do that with. And so you need to think about some stuff. Like, do they like value the content? Do they mm-hmm. actually care about what you're making? And like, do they actually care about like cool stuff or do they just want you to fucking set up their audio yeah. system for them? Um, do you think that you should discount for a retainer? No, if anything, you should charge more for a retainer. Why? Why would you charge more? Because you're becoming a part of their team. You're not just mm. working with them on like a one-off mm-hmm. thing. Like you're going to have more communication with said client and mm-hmm. you're really going to mm-hmm. become like a part of their team and, and help them with, you know, you're coming up with like marketing strategy and like talking with um, the brand of like, how can you make the best content mm-hmm. with them? And it's just, you have more of a working relationship with them and it's more of a partnership because right. you're working with them on a consistent basis. They're also taking up more of your time. Yeah. A, lot, know, more. You're right. a lot more of your time. That's like almost like your full time thing. And the, yeah. And they're taking away a new client from coming to you. Right. You got you to think about that, you know, when you're pricing. And if, and if someone ever asks you to discount for a price, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you've been doing this for like years and years and years and years. You right. know? They're asking you to discount and you're like, hey, no, we don't discount over here. You know, the, right. why, why would I? Why would I discount for you to not do a, the same job? Not a used car the, lot. Exactly, it's not yeah. a used car mm-hmm. lot. You know, so and we we talked about this in Jordan's pod about free work versus being right. paid for it. So I think it's still important if you need to build up stuff for your portfolio. Yeah, do it for go to make a spec yeah. thing for free, whatever. Right. And then once you have your systems and your processes down, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, then you don't need to discount anymore for the work that you're doing. And if you if they want a discount. Before giving them a discount, give them less deliverables. Mm, mm. Be like, hey, okay, if I'm going to charge you $2,000 for 20 photos, but ah, we really only have like, let's just say we can only do a thousand. Be like, great, I can give you 10 10 or 12 photos as opposed to 20, but like, that's my rate. Because then it's and less, it's, yeah. it's easier for me, whatever, because yeah. yeah. like, you don't have to spend all that time making stuff that you're not getting paid for. And if you need 20 photos at $1,000 and I can't do that, I have someone that can do it for you. Right. But when you're first starting out, it's really hard to like... Say no. Say no. I no, still feel like I, I struggle I, with it, honestly. I, I think honestly, though, when you're starting out, I think you just... Like, I told you guys that story of how I didn't have any money in my bank account mm-hmm. and I took the $500 video or whatever. It's yeah. like, dude, when you're starting out, like do whatever, because anytime you can get behind the camera, I feel like that sounds contradicting to everything we've just said, but it's like, anytime you can get your hands behind a camera and you can work with a client, you're getting better. You're right. learning more things. You learn how to talk to another yeah. person who's not your right. friend or your family member. Right. It's like, you're getting experience, like real world experience. And you're also fucking stuff up. And the only way you can learn mm-hmm. is by trying and there you know is like actually physically like i could tell you every secret to every job we've ever done and you could go out and work with your first client for 150 bucks you could mess all the audio mess the white balance up you know so it's like you're truly only going to get better by doing so if someone comes to you and it's maybe a little cheaper when you're starting out and you're trying to get your bearings trying to get your value down your niche down it's like 
do the damn video. Right. Go help out yeah. some person and, or whatever. And, but I think that's like why it's not contradictory is because it's like when you're starting out, yeah. when you're trying yeah. to find your bearings, you don't even know like what you like to shoot yet. Mm-hmm. You don't, mm-hmm. probably don't, maybe you don't even have a website that's like money yet. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. And then once you're like a vet and you've like and you done gotta, it a and lot. And you got to save bread for the camera stuff. The yeah. camera right. stuff's very expensive. And, it's hard to get right. off the ground in this industry. So it's like you got you to gotta work with what you got. Hustle, make the bread, do the shittier jobs, do the editing jobs right. like we said. I also think if, because I want to break down like, okay, six figures a year, right? It's $100,000. 100000 Like how do you get to that, right? I don't think it's very um, far off to say that like you could get an average retainer client on a monthly basis yeah. for let's say like one client you get like two or three thousand dollars right mm-hmm. i think that would be like that's, fair. that's super fair and it's eighty three hundred dollars eighty three hundred dollars and thirty three so you got yeah you got to think like six figures a month yeah so like just a little over eight thousand dollars a month yeah. right like you got to think about okay if you think about a hundred thousand dollars as a whole that's a lot of money if you, mm-hmm. but then if Tons. you break it down it's like okay i gotta make eighty three hundred dollars a month that's still like kind of a lot of money but right. then if you think about it as like okay i need to get two retainer clients for each $3,000 a month and then one for $2,000 a month. Or you can say, hey, I have two clients for $3,000 a month, guaranteed that $6,000 a month. Now I just need to get one other, one random one 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 bag for $2,000 a month. But like the way you get to making six figures a a year as a creative is like you have your retainer clients Mm -hmm. that let's say you're making like 60 to 80 thousand dollars a year from the retainer clients now you just have to make up an extra like 20 to 40k on just like one-offs but it's it's way less um it seems a lot more feasible when Mm -hmm. you have like the retainer clients that you can rely on because because then you're like okay this is my base like i have 60k of just base that's gonna be there or 50 or whatever and then you grind for like the other stuff if you're just doing a ton of one-offs it's gonna be so hard yeah and, and that's yeah, it's just gonna be way harder to like piece it all together to get unless you're charging. And you gotta plan, you gotta plan out your week, right? So it's like exactly. you, if you have your retainer right. client locked in, it's like okay, I'm gonna shoot for Debbie and Ryan on Monday, mm-hmm. and then on Tuesday we gotta do some outreach because we yeah. don't have anything coming in. We right. haven't had anything this month, so right. let's do outreach on t- Tuesday. We're gonna send 25 emails, and you gotta set those boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. so you're not like I did five, I'm good today. We worked really hard, and yeah, that's right. it. It's like. Tuesday, we got to send, you know, 50 emails. I'm going to do some LinkedIn research. Then Wednesday, I'm going to edit Debbie and Ryan's content. Okay, the retainer client is already done for the month. Great. Okay, and now I'm going to respond back to those other 50 emails that we sent. I'm going to try and search for more. I'm going to go door to door, whatever you're going to run a social ad. Yeah, and also going off of that, just how we talked about discounting and you shouldn't discount Mm -hmm. before you discount offer less deliverables. Like the way you can upcharge a potential new client and a retainer Mm. client is like offering them more deliverables. So mm, like, right. let's say they only think they want like 10 photos a month. Be like, hey, I can do 10 photos, but I can also give you some videos as well. You know what I'm saying? So like, instead of charging a thousand dollars a month for 10 photos, I can charge you 1500 or $2,000 a month. And I can give you like three or four reels on top of those 10 photos, whatever it may be. And then also because 2023's coming up and a lot of brands are trying to lock in mm-hmm. like their content for mm-hmm. the month or for the year this is a really good time yeah. to go back to these clients that you've worked with in the past let's say you worked with someone in the past um, a beverage company mm-hmm. you right. could like shoot them an email and say hey 2023 is coming up i'm working with some great clients i'm looking to like bring on a few more like great clients i really enjoyed this work that we did like two months ago mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. do you think about like creating some content 
in the future for 2023 i'd love to like get a monthly thing going mm-hmm. let me be your content partner yes. yes not doing the whole you know we were talking about that how the much better that sounds saying oh like i'll be the content partner instead of like i'll be the photographer or videographer because that just feels like you're literally just pushing buttons mm-hmm. content partner is a person that like thinks it through and like cares about what you want to achieve and like you i feel like it also helps you price more probably because then you're yeah. like literally a partner and they're a little goal going off that too Right now is when all the brands have like their marketing spend that they need to fucking spend before. Right they now it's December, November 15th. Dude, December, there's Ooh, always yeah. bags to be made in December because these companies bags. have just like so much money. They're like, fuck, we what haven't spent free What happens if you don't mil? use it? It just goes away. You dude. lose it. I don't know where it goes. It just disappears for yeah. some reason. Doesn't go to the fucking homeless. I don't know where the <laughs> fuck it goes. It's fucked up. Anyways, I can go on the horse. But um, December's a good time to make a bag, man. This is the time to be pushing because they all have a lot of money that they need to spend before December 31st. And you'd be surprised at what clients have bred versus not. Mm-hmm. Like you might think that a brand that you come across on Instagram or online, like maybe you think they're like this mom and pop shop or whatever, but like right. maybe they kind of have a bigger budget. Like yeah. you never know. Because you never know where they're allocating their resources. Exactly. Some companies just say, fuck it. Like we're just going to spend so much money on marketing. It's going to be crazy and just like not spend as much money on like some other stupid shit that a lot of other companies do. Um, a key to figuring out what brands value content is by going on Facebook and you can see if they're running ads on like their business account or like if you go to their page, mm. you can see um, if they're running ads or not. And if they're running ads, that means they value content and they'd be a good person to reach out to. Oh, that's mm, I'll follow up with you guys I'll, on the next pod. I'll find there's another website that I found that somebody allowed me to see that Ooh. allows you to spy on different people that are oh. making ads. So you could say like, oh, I want to see all the people that are in the car space and like who's running ads on Facebook. And it'll show you all their ads and how much money they're putting behind each campaign, which oh, is a oh, cheat wow. code. So then we could find out and be like, oh, they're spending mad bread. Oh, I'll find it out for you guys. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but yeah, I think this was an incredible pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jam packed with value. We're getting Jam. you guys ways to make bread, ways to talk to clients, all that good stuff. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 49 of the 505 podcast. We're getting close. (laughs) Big things are coming. Big announcements are coming next time. Make sure you DM us on IG with any questions. Take a screenshot, put it on your story, and we'll see you guys all next week. Peace. Bye. Bye.